the award-winning Mercedes-Benz Vito invites you to get this with Tony Martin and Kevin Smith. Yes, good morning. Kevin Smith, Silent Bob himself, is in transit at the moment. And until he gets here, my dog is going to co-host the program. Up you get. Speak. There you go. That's radio training for you. She's good. <laughs> She's got sizzle and cut through, buddy. Uh, what else are we doing? Well, it's just going to be an all uh, Kevin Smith show once he gets here. But up until then, the plot to kill Bobby Brown. I think we need to look at that. Fantastic. <laughs> We've got some amazing emails and plenty of issues we haven't got to. And uh, hopefully a few dog tricks. <laughs> Not sure how they'll work on the radio. What do you reckon, Pete? Speak! There you go. You said more than I ever have. That's testing well. <laughs> said more than Richard Marsland's ever said. Shock, shock, Richard Marsland. That's right. It's all coming up on Get This. It has the experts baffled, and it could change the way we think about livestock. Hey, it's hunters and collectors. Throw your arms around me here at Get This on Triple M around the nation. Myself, Tony Martin. Ed Cavalier is here. Woof. And he's got an enormous breakfast uh, in front of him. And it will be showcased at an international anti-obesity conference next month. That's right. <laughs> and Kevin Smith is coming in. He's in transit. He's on some other more inferior program at the Ooh, moment. Okay. Um, being asked idiotic questions <laughs> by fools. That's what I'm suggesting. <laughs> I'm willing to go along with that. He'll be here hopefully by uh, break two or three. And in the meantime, sitting in the guest host chair is my dog, B. Hello, B. B, speak. Speak. Come on. Oh, 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 wow. Instead of speaking, <laughs> instead of speaking, she made... Oh, there you go. She made a leap for freedom. <laughs> and normally sits very well in an office chair for just a couple of, uh, you know, salt and vinegar chips. She'll sit in an office chair all day. It's not great radio, that admittedly. That was amazing. It was visually, it was brilliant. Yeah, it's up on YouTube already, <laughs> I'm told. <laughs> She made a leap for freedom and her leg got caught in my uh, headphones cord yeah. and I dragged them off my head. And all you were thinking was, that's better Save than Save the mine. nut bar. <laughs> <laughs> Save the wee things. That's a Funniest Home Video. Have we had any news yet on your Funniest nah. Home Video entry? No, nah, still no love. Uh, yeah. Mate, I, one of my friends accused me of, of telling like telling the world or the nation yeah. what it's about. Yeah, because you're a giant mouse. Yeah. Your well, theory seemed to be, well, they'll get so many giant mouse ones. The mine will be lost in the crowd. Look, okay, look, the reason I said I was a giant mouse, I was lying slightly. Uh. I play a giant rat. Oh, well, so. there you go. That would have thrown them off. <laughs> yeah, so no luck yet. No love yet. But we're going to win. We're going to win. Hey, Rich. Yeah, there are fisticuffs involved? Oh, uh, I can't say too much. Okay. I can't say too much, but it's a sound-based piece. Mm. That's all I'll say. <laughs> That'll work well. <laughs> hey, what about our 100th show yesterday? Oh, it was so fun. I got a beautiful email from Pauline Ella, who... Uh, Submitted the whole thing to uh, her analysis. Very oh, good. Fine. Yeah, what, she, what does Pauline reckon? Oh, she was just right into it. Her and her daughter um, seem to have taken the uh, whole day off work illegally <laughs> <laughs> to listen to it. And then, of course, we were on uh, Tough Love. Yeah, that was so much fun. Slightly drunk, of course, everybody. Yeah, and 15 minutes of solid Bob Franklin impersonations. <laughs> <laughs> is that entertainment? Of course it is. But they're all up on the... Because people are so getting into our podcast at the moment. Oh, excuse me, sir, do you download the Get This podcast? No, I love to do it. I'm doing it all the time. <laughs> See? Right, he loves to do it. So in addition to the standard Baconfield Get This 40-minute mm. podcast that's up there, mm. there's the entire of yesterday's show... Great. Minus, uh, sorry, minus the Talkback Mountain theme for music copyright reasons. Yeah, yeah. And then the entire of uh, Tough Love. Fantastic. Up there. Fantastic. It's a massive blockbuster black 
box <laughs> recording of evidence. That's what it is. Hey, speaking of the podcast yes. uh, and how it's always so, it's how it's sans sonato. Mm. Uh, I'd like to say a big uh, hello to Harry Tubbs from Tubbsville, yeah, uh, who has a dustbuster stuck up his ass, which is which is not good. Uh, but then he goes on to say, I say any suggestions for the show, and he says he'd like more snato. Snato, Sando Chilaro. He should be back in here. They're I so know. busy. I know. They They're are. working on some kind of mystery project. Ow. At Working Dog. Yeah, I know. You know what it is, I don't do. you? And you just won't tell me. No, sir. Is it good? Oh, yeah. <laughs> are you in it? Well, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Features Honey Bee. Bee, speak! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, there are many announcers who can't do that. <laughs> yeah, there's people taking notes. She's going to get a raw award. They use that technique. I'm around in programming. You just say, speak! A ten-minute music guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> Speak. Smackdown. Uh, hey, B, do you like LaBouche? <laughs> that is a no. <laughs> I reckon that was a no. <laughs> hey! Uh, where's the passion? Massive LaBouche fan. Uh, somebody, listen to this. Shane Walsh, we were talking with Fleety yesterday about a show that me and him and uh, Mick Malloy were in. Oh, yeah, the show with no name? A musical version of Cape Fear is what it was. Oh, yes. Shane Walsh, this guy, uh, just emails us in and goes, my brother snuck a tape recorder into that show back in 1992. I can do you a copy. I'd lo- we'd love a copy. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to hear the Cape Fear musical. He's printed a lot of the lyrics, but the F word seems to be most of it, so <laughs> I won't be reading that out. <laughs> what about Scott? He about says, Scott? I was rather disappointed uh, that in all the fun of the 100th show, you forgot to notice that your 100th show happened to be on the same day as Steve Gutenberg's 48th oh, birthday. No. I was waiting for that magnificent New Zealand accent and got nothing. Well, See what you can find. That's a most. massive oversight on our part. Yeah. Sorry to all the Goot fans out there. A lot of people want the dealing with Dickinson ringtone. <laughs> We're going to have to get onto that. Uh, Paul Sharman uh, has sent us some footage of a Filipino dwarf. The kind of footage? stuff we get sent in. The- yeah, I know. It's going to have to go up on the website. Yeah, you bet. Mm. What's happening with the Filipino dwarf? I'm not sure. It's some sort of link to uh, a fruity Filipino judge. <laughs> Oh, it's a judge who lost his job because he claimed uh, he was consulting imaginary mystic dwarves uh, in order to reach verdicts. That Robert Downey Jr. put in touch with. <laughs> apparently. Wow. What uh, did the dwarves have to say? I don't know. It wasn't good, apparently. <laughs> what do you reckon, be? Speak! Nah. Nah, no dice. Nothing. She's, she's, she's turned her back on me. <laughs> there you go. I think that's talking. I think that means get on with it. Yeah, that, I think that's what <laughs> Sorry that means. Sorry if it's there. Big story we didn't get to this week, Ed. Yeah. Uh, Madonna has the solution to uh, nuclear waste. I'm sure you've heard about it. No. Madonna and her husband, Guy Ritchie, have been lobbying the British government and nuclear industry over a magic cleaning solution. Uh, they're both, of course, uh, followers of Kabbalah. Oh, yeah. And they've come up with the answer, a mystical liquid that they've tested in a Russian lake. And uh, it's going to sort out all of the problems we have. What does have. it do? Well, I don't know. It's, it's magic. Uh, says one official at the uh, British government, it was like a crank call. The scientific mechanisms and principles were just bollocks, basically. <laughs> so there you go, on the front of the latest Scientific American. Madonna's findings bollocks, say scientists. <laughs> Results on Guy Ritchie material still pending. <laughs> More bollocks expected. Um... See, this is Madonna. I mean, one of the biggest problems that exists right now in the world is nuclear waste. That's something I've been involved in for a while (laughs) with a group of scientists finding a way to neutralise radiation. I didn't know that. Yeah. Where did she find the time? I don't know. But I'm I'm assuming they're just sitting there at, you know, 
British government offices yeah. going, well, thanks, Madonna, but we're really waiting for Prince to call with his findings. <laughs> you know, Wang Chung's test results haven't come back yet. And I know LaBouche have made some breakthroughs. Yeah. Thank you, B. We're still investigating Duran Duran's claims that the reflex is your chance of finding treasure in the dark. We've got a lot to get to. Listen to this quote from Madonna. I can write the greatest songs and make the most fabulous films. Wait a second. And be a fashion icon and conquer the world. But if there isn't a world to conquer, what's the point? Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But the bit about making the most fabulous films. Yeah, I'm not films. sure if Swept Away counts, Madonna. <laughs> Madonna was not available to comment at the weekend because she is on tour in Germany. Like many scientists. What's <laughs> <laughs> that? Wow. Oh, that's me going, where is Kevin Smith? I only came in here because I'm a big Clerks fan. She's always on the yeah, viewers. Yeah, my liver treats with him. She gets onto the viewer skew website. That's too. Uh, you know what? At your house tone, I can imagine the dog's got a little computer and sits there typing away and, you know, yeah, absolutely. looks up obscure comedy websites and you guys talk for hours about There's it. It's a broadband connection out to the uh, Dunga. It's a Dunga? <laughs> That's some sort of doghouse, I'm told. Really? Top yeah. of the range? My father in law says you've got to call it a Dunga. I don't okay, know what that fair means. Enough. Is fair that enough. wrong? There's my wife. Oh, I should point out my wife is here as well. Won't say a word. No, she's the one. Like she's got all these amazing hand signals and, mm. and little baggies of treats that yeah, are keeping for be- me. Oh, it's right. not for me. That's how she controls me. <laughs> Right. That, is, that is more fingers than a dog could fit on a paw, Nicky yes. Hamilton. Are we running? I am really just trying to pad till Kevin Smith gets here. So let's go to a song and hopefully he'll be here in just a few moments. Oh, no. That's pink here. Get this on Triple M. My dog has vacated the guest spot. Uh, please, a round of phony applause for Kevin Smith. Thank you, sir. You you weren't lying. You really had the dog in here. Oh, yeah. I was listening on the way in. I was like, oh, wacky sound effect show. But <laughs> you literally had the dog here. I'm afraid it is also a wacky sound effect show. <laughs> That's the bad news. Hey, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having Uh In case people aren't sure which Kevin Smith is, it's the one who made Clerks mm-hmm. and Chasing Amy, now Clerks 2. Is there another... Sad that's that's burdened with my name as well. There's a new, oh, I'm so, I think he may have died recently. Oh, that's right. There was yeah. a dude who was yes. on Xena. Um, on, uh, yes, from he played uh, uh, Mars or or one of the one of the gods of yeah. something, whatever it was. One of the top blows. Yes, yeah, he died a few years ago. That's right. That's true. I forgot about that. From uh, New Zealand. Whenever I Google my name and I do it often, <laughs> it's a big, bad one to Google though. Totally, a lot of bad things come up. A lot of Smiths, and uh, and he was one of them. And I, you know, I, I remember seeing the headline of. Kevin Smith dies, and I was just like, God, <laughs> Jersey Girl wasn't that bad. Oh, you know, I, I'm hey, still here. I'm hanging out for because Tony Martin, you know, who's married to Sid Charisse, he must be 102. So and so you're going to get that headline. I know I'm going to get a shock when I look at CNN <laughs> one morning. Uh, Kevin, you just, I mean, I always knew that you worked in the shop that's in the movie Clerks. Yeah. But I hadn't considered that it was a video shop as well as a convenience store. Uh, there's a convenience store, you know, where the quick stop is. And then two doors down, like where Randall works in the movies, yes. there, there's a video store that's well, owned by the same people. Ed Cavalier over there, eight and a half years eight behind half. the counter so of a video what shop. Was that? What, was it Mom and Pop or was it a chain? No, no, it was Mom and Pop. Mom and Pop. Yeah, it was great. Very and, few of those left. And they loved, you know, videos. And the two guys that ran it just were obsessed with great videos. Right. So they'd get stuff in and they'd be like, no one's going to rent this. But we can But they it. got it anyway. Yeah, love it. All right off. Yeah, the Mom and Pop place is the way to be. I mean, I, do you guys have blockbusters out here? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it's, I guess a video store is a video store, but the, there's a very corporate vibe to that. Any place where you got to wear a uniform, you know, yeah, like, you know. yeah, but the mom and pop joint, you know, no, normally the people that own the place just want to 
you know, or you sit on their empire, yeah. and kind of enjoy their wealth and whatnot. So they kind of go away and tend to leave you running the shop. And did you, were you running the one that you were in? Yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, it was a real. It's a barely a one man operation. Yeah, it's, it was pretty it's a closet. Small, oh, it's tiny. It's about as big as a bathroom. And um, it, it's the beautiful thing about that job is you'd get maybe ten people coming in throughout the day, so you could just sit there and watch movies all day long. <laughs> and what was your emergency recommendation? Someone comes in, they don't have any ideas. Mine is always a midnight run. With uh, Rob De Niro, the yeah, yeah, that's actually a pretty good choice. I didn't have one. I mean, basically, we had a real new release clientele. Like, we had this awesome um, like uh, selection of of old videos. That's why why I was drawn to the store in the first place because you can go there and find stuff that you didn't even know was on VHS at the time. Right, you know, like right. it was kind of thrown onto VHS in the in the heydays. Like right around the time Betamax was dying, they started yeah. putting out everything. Like this old show called the. Uh, um, Tales from the Dark Side, oh, yeah, which yeah, they yeah. put out a video collection for, and you still can't find it to this day. And they came in these massive boxes that look yeah, like yeah. cereal boxes, more so than little, little video clamshells. So, you know, I would kind of push the older stuff, and people would just like gravitate right to the, the new release rack. Right. So they wanted the Navy SEALs of the world. <laughs> Navy SEALs! Yeah. Uh, which is a reason that above the law. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that was a big Steven Seagal period. But, <laughs> but they wanted Steven Seagal and nothing but. Uh, you know, uh, there's there's a film of yours, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got a shot in it. Now, look, you know, people love to say about your films, oh, they're not particularly visual. Right. You know, that's a criticism you seem to attract. Totally. And I, I also kind of throw it out there myself as to kind of, uh, I, I believe in stealing the thunder, saying the negative thing about yourself before right. somebody else does. So I'm always the first to kind of go out there and say, like, oh, our films don't really look like much. And I, I think uh, press tends to be very lazy, so if you say it, they're like, well, I guess he's right. Oh, Rather well. than kind of forming their own opinion. So I think I kind of propagate that myth myself. I disagree. There's a shot in Jane Silent Bob Struck Back. It's a sh it only goes about three seconds. Mm -hmm. It's one of the funniest shots in any movie. It's towards the end. There's a shootout going on. Right. Yeah. And Will Ferrell jumps up from behind <laughs> a car. He's playing a wildlife officer. Right. And he fires his gun, and he looks like a—it's like a six-year-old girl trying to fire a gun. <laughs> he doesn't has no idea how to work a gun. He's flinching away from it, right. and it's like one of those shots where you just go play it again, right. play it again. It's like when uh, you know uh, Chris Farley falls out of the airport toilet <laughs> in Tommy Boy. You've, do you have scenes like that where you just go, "I've got to see that again"? Um, you know, the wife is a big slapstick fan. It's weird. The wife doesn't really go for. My brand of whimsy. She's not really a fan <laughs> really? of the stuff I do. No, I mean, and it's not to say she's like retarded or something, but she's not really into the verbal botanage. She likes seeing people fall down and get yeah. cracked in the nuts or whatever. <laughs> so whenever we're watching something, if somebody gets hit or falls down, I immediately rewind it just because I know it's going to make her laugh. And she's kind of ashamed of the whole thing, but like that's that's what tickles her funny bone. Uh -huh. That shot with Will Ferrell, man, it's it's just shocked that we didn't kill anybody in a Brandon Lee-like fashion because he was so haphazard with that with that gun. And, you know, you're shooting blanks, but still there's a discharge of sorts, and it's amazing no crew members were killed in the making of that movie. Now, I can't imagine that there would be any safety issues on the set of a Clerks film. Mm -hmm. I mean, what really can go wrong there? This time around, Donkey. Yeah. Donkey. Yeah. Amazing closing sequence Thank with you. a Donkey. Thank you. Yeah, we got a big Donkey show at the end of the picture, and, and I, the big safety risk is you have to clear the 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 rear of the of the ass if you will we can say that can't we? <laughs> yeah we can it's technically it's accurate <laughs> you have to clear the 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 rear of the ass because they tend to kick uh, you know whether they're meaning to or not they just got this kind of spasm where they kick so i, I remember that was the big safety issue we had a lecture it's a five to ten minute lecture by the animal handler about how to approach and circumvent the donkey <laughs> and i was just like man this is what my career has come to <laughs> 
Well, the original, I mean, the original Clerks, and I remember when that came out, it was kind of an odd tone because it was, it sort of had one foot in the black and white Jim Jarmusch mm-hmm. kind of indie film kind right. of tone, and one foot in your, you know, your balls out kind of Animal House comedy. Right. And, and was it true that Clerks was the first movie to get an R rating just for swearing? In the Is States, right? it was an NC-17 rating. I don't know if you guys have that rating down oh, here, but beyond... It translates to M- MA here. MA, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, it was R, because I was 16 when it came out, right. and I couldn't watch it. I had to wait till we got a preview copy at well, the video shop, <laughs> which I kept. <laughs> Thanks, you were the guy. Um, yeah, the, in the States, we've got, like, there's a PG, a PG-13... And that's like anyone P- 13 and under can go see the movie uh, without accompaniment or whatever. Um, and then there's the R, which you have to be like 17 to get into unless you're with a parent. Then there's an NC-17, which is this rating that even um, if you're even if you've got a parent, an irresponsible enough parent who's like, I'm going to take you <laughs> <laughs> to go see this really horrendous movie with tons of sex and nudity, um, they won't let they won't let you in. So you have to be 17 or older to get in. So initially they gave us that, and it was just for the language, just for, and that had never happened before. No, uh, I th- I don't think so. I think right around the same time. Um, uh, what's his name? Martin Lawrence had did a, did a concert movie called You So Crazy. Yeah. And that too had gotten an NC-17 for wow. like him just standing there talking. Because there was a poll recently. I think uh, The Devil's Rejects, the Rob Zombie film, right. is the record holder for F-words. Yes, mm. yeah. We're on that list somewhere. I You're think right. we're in the top 20 for yeah. Jane Silent Bob Shark Just Day. below Driving Miss Daisy. That's what we're <laughs> <Right>. called. <laughs> well, you couldn't... Jessica Tandy was, a, was cursed like a sailor. <laughs> oh, you know, she was like a longshoreman. You couldn't <laughs> shut her up. When she wasn't out the back shooting up. <laughs> but, hey, look, enough about the old films. We want to talk about the new one, yeah. Clerks 2. We're going to do that next on Get This. Get This. Experts say there's only one real way to eradicate the pests... Culling for the award-winning Mercedes-Benz Vito on Triple M. Oh, it's Triple M. It's get this. Uh, Kevin Smith is with us, and we've got to play a song. But in the oh, meantime, okay. I'm sorry to interrupt everybody. <laughs> Kevin was just telling us about his favourite uh, finds on YouTube. Isn't YouTube? YouTube is kind of more entertaining than going to the cinema lately. And, <laughs> and I say that with a movie to promote. <laughs> I know it's frightening. Why come and see my multi-million-dollar exactly. three-year like, project when you can see a guy falling out dude, of a car? Spend, the night, spend two hours just sitting home going through random videos. <laughs> You've got to see the drunk police. What are you typing, Ed? Drunk, drunk police. We've got to get a and link. It'll come up. And of course, if you go to our website, what do we have links to? Uh, the YouTube links we have at the moment are for table tennis, yes, uh, pinata accidents, yes, and some nice little cats. <laughs> Good cats. <laughs> Oh, yeah. so <laughs> Fun to see when you get home from seeing Clerks 2, yes. which we're going to be talking about properly uh, next on Get This. That's The Clash, Rock the Casbah here at Get This on Triple M. Uh, Ed Cavalier's on board, Richard Marsden pressing buttons, and Kevin Smith, filmmaker Kevin Smith, is mm. with us. I felt like I was back in 1982 listening to that Clash song. <laughs> oh, what Getting we... ready for school and having the radio on, and, oh. and that was, my, I think, my first exposure to The Clash, and apparently they haven't gone away here. <laughs> 19, no, they haven't. 1982, we were still in this country maybe a couple of years away from home video shops in those days. Really? Yeah. And then when they first, I mean, what was it? Remember, there was only like about twenty titles you could get. Well, I remember the first one. I, I when I was in, I lived in Brisbane, mm-hmm. and I was walking home one day, and there was a massive uh, plate glass window, and someone was putting up a poster of The Untouchables. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just, what is this? What is this new world? The, uh, <laughs> I walked in, I went right. This is for me. <laughs> I, I remember there was a guy. Uh, my my father used to work. My father worked at the post office, and he worked the the night shift. Not even like the guy that was a letter the carrier, sorting? but sorting. not even the sorter. He was the dude that canceled 
canceled your stamp. <laughs> so like the most hated man in the postal community because you can't reuse it because he had to cancel it. Just soul-killing work, but we're all really proud of him because, you know, he worked at the post office 30 years never managed to kill anybody. So um, the dude, uh, he went to, he was at work with this dude named Bernie McRae, and Bernie had been married and had kids, but then one of those uh, first divorcers like right. in in our community so like w immediately went out and bought himself a porno van like a van with like a, a conan type figure on one side with a, like a, a topless barbarian woman at his yeah. feet but he was the first guy that had a, a vhs player oh, wow. and we stopped by his house at one point and he was showing us um bootlegs or original bootlegs of like movies that weren't even available on home video like he had a copy of uh, star wars at that point and he had a copy of empire strikes back i don't know how the heck he yeah, got how it how would you get a bootleg thing? i have no idea Ooh. but the dude had connections and um i remember he went to show us the video um and and it was you know we'd never seen anything mm -hmm. like the idea of being able to watch a movie when you wanted to mm -hmm. and not wait till it was on like you know the network or something like that or see it in a cinema and he pressed play on you know this behemoth of a machine <laughs> It was as big as a Volkswagen. And there was a video, I guess, already in it. Yeah. And and to my to my what what would be eight or nine year old eyes at that point, it looked like a woman speaking into a microphone. <laughs> Is this on? Very, very but I was like, that microphone doesn't look like any microphone. That dude fumbled for the machine so quickly. And my parents were like, ha, 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 ha. Wasn't for years that I figured out what that scenario was. But I was just like, what movie was that? Why is she speaking so closely? They had nothing like that in my local milk bar. I remember they only had two titles. Initially. The two titles were mm. Porky's 2 The Next Day Good film. Right. and The Wicker Man. There's an uh, evening's uh, fun. There's an evening's and once fun. You, and once you, you've seen both, you've shot your wide. You've got nothing. Yeah. You've got nothing to watch between those two. I remember the first time we joined a video club because uh, uh, back in the day, you know, there was the VHS and then Beta kind of yeah. tried to encroach on it. Yeah. And my parents went with Beta, which so was kind mind. of the A-track of, so of the mind. VHS world. <laughs> and so we joined a video shop that had two sections, one Beta yes. mm -hmm. and one VHS. And as Beta kind of wound down mm. rather quickly... And moved to a sort of alcove down the back <laughs> of the shop. That's the thing. It's like you would watch like new there. titles come in on both sections. And then one day the new title stopped on the Beta <laughs> side. So you were looking at the other side going like, wow, those cats can watch like Lethal Weapon and stuff. And what are we watching? We're still watching Blood Sucking Freaks. You know? Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, not at all. I remember I rented... That was one of the first movies I rented. It was me and my friend... Mike Bellicus and my mom took us to the video store and we joined. You had to pay to join in those yeah, days. Right. It was like 30 bucks. Whoa. And we rented out two movies and one was Blood Sucking Freaks because we were kids. Like yeah. we were like 10, 11 years old and we were way into like horror movies and stuff. Yeah. So um, we went, went for, we asked the person behind the counter, like, what is the most uh, horrific horror movie you got? What's the worst horror movie? And they gave us Blood Sucking Freaks. Yeah. And we're sitting home watching the flick. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, it's horrendous. And my mother's in and out of the room. And it's like not a horror, a traditional horror movie, like a slasher movie we were looking for. It's yeah. like a, a man, a, a very twisted individual, keeps women prisoner and does yeah. heinous things with them. And my mother walked in at the one moment where the guy was like looking at the, holding this naked woman's face. And he goes, her mouth would make an interesting urinal. There you go. And my mother was, like walks through the room and then doubles back so quickly. <laughs> And she's like, what did you rent? And Is this like, another oh. one of these microphone films? <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the irony is, like, years later, I would make movies that said worse than that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we've got to talk about these movies because the clerks, if you remember, they were in a very low budget 
black and white universe mm-hmm. in movie one. Twelve years later, they're in colour. They're even getting a pretty much a technical a musical number. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, Rosario, Daw- Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. How the hell did Dante manage to hook up with Rosario Dawson? Yeah, that's, uh, that's why that woman deserves an Academy Award. She, <laughs> she makes you believe she would actually sleep with that guy. That's like one of the five hottest women in the world. And he winds up with her, yeah. It's if kind you of told that guy, Brian O'Halloran, back in 1994... Right. One day, dude, we're going to hook you up with her. <laughs> He wouldn't have believed it. Yeah, he he got, he was he owes me. I feel because not only you know like it, on film does his character kind of get to have a, a you know something of a relationship with her, but like he got to kiss her yeah. you know in oh, real yeah. life and whatnot. I mean that's kind of that's kind of Muse would have done that. <laughs> Muse would have paid for that privilege. As the years go by, it's it's a comfort to me somehow to see Jay and Silent Bob on a film poster. Yeah. You, know, you need some consistency in this ever changing world. Yeah, and there, there's that. There's there's that, and I guess there's um, the children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the two things that warm the cockles. Well, children I mean, and Jane Sandbar. A few years ago, you threatened to retire all of these characters, mm. and that was a sad day, I mm. thought. And, um, yeah. Thank it, God it, you were lying. I, uh, who knew I was lying? I had to figure that out later on. That was post-Jersey Girl. Suddenly, I was like, hey, guess what? They're back. Oh, come on. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. This time, it does feel like this is the way to go out, because you've seen the flick where they end up at the end of the flick is a nice yeah. way yeah. to kind of end with them. And I just don't know. It's diminishing returns. Like, I'm 36. If at age 40 I'm leaning against a wall with fake hair extensions <laughs> and a backwards baseball cap, I, I've really, uh, it's, this characters go from comedy to tragedy. <laughs> but you show, I mean, you've started showing up in other films. Are you in uh, the guy who did Donnie Darko? Southland Tales, Are Richard's movie. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that uh, unrecognizable, though. Right. Um, like Richard said, I, I want to put you in the flick, but I want to change your look completely. Um, I said, what are you thinking about? He's like, well, I want you to play a legless Iraqi war vet. And he's right. like, can you, uh, and I was thinking maybe of shaving you and could you lose 50 pounds? And I was like, Richard, if you, if you want to cut my legs off, I will lose 50 pounds. <laughs> That's about as close as I can get to that. And I show up on the set and, um, he's like, we're going to put you in the makeup chair, fool around with your look. I said, all right. Walked up to, in, in the makeup booth and there's two sections. There's one where everyone just gets the powder and stuff put on and there's one full of prosthetics. And laying in front of the prosthetics chair is uh, just a variety of rubber cheeks, chins, foreheads, and all that. I'm like, God, a poor son of a bitch has to sit there and have all that <laughs> stuff applied. And then they show me to that chair. Wow. And so the, the dude who is the makeup artist is just like, you know, I want to put some of these things on you, but in order to apply them to your face, we, you know, your beard, it, it's going to make it hard for the for the glue to stick to yeah. your beard. Can you shave it off? And I was like, well, i got to play Silent Bob in a couple months, so I'd right. really like to keep the beard. He's like, well, can you take it down a little? I said, sure. So I take it down, like put the electric razor on a two and bring it down a little bit. And then he tries to put uh, apply these prosthetics and he's like, it's still not working. Can you take it lower? Take it even lower. And he's just like, it's it's not catching. Right. It, would you really mind taking it off? And I said, you know what, for Richard, fine. So I take it all the way off to the skin. And me without a beard, I just look frightening. You know, because most people are just used to looking at me with a beard. Like, any time I take the beard off, which is very irregularly, the child, my kid, cries. Because she's just like, who is this this strange fat man having sex with my mother? So so I take the beard off completely, and the dude spends the next six hours applying prosthetics to me with me facing away from the mirror. He turns me to face the mirror. Number one, the first thing I notice is I look like a 56-year-old version of myself. Second off, I'm wearing a fake beard. (laughs) 
And I was just like, what, what kind of cruel joke was this? I had a beard to begin with. Well, you don't want to do... Remember in the Batman TV show where Cesar Romero went, oh, I'm going to be the Joker, but I'm not going to lose the moustache. Okay. So he would just paint white paint it paint right over. across the moustache. Was it convincing? It was terrible. Yeah, that was the Joker, though. That's the Joker we all knew and loved for that's so right. many years. And that's why I think that Heath Ledger has got to do that in the new movie. Wear the moustache and then paint over it. Was that? Was there any controversy to that over here when they announced that casting were people upset or uh, back home? I mean, Lockie Hume fans were upset. Yeah, there was a big move for an actor called Lockie Hume to be the joke, but another Australian got it. So right. I don't know. Cool. I think it'll. I think he'll do a great job. Yeah. And you? I think they're going with it in a different approach. It's not going to be the. You know, nobody can walk in the shoes of Jack Nicholson and no. do what he did. I think no. they're going left of center and doing a darker, more sinister, less maniacal, less giggly Joker. And we, sorry, were you involved in the scripting of the Batman? For, I know no, you no, Superman, a, uh, Superman. Superman lives back in '96, yeah. but no, none of the Batman stuff. Oh, we've got to talk more Kevin Smith stuff. Yeah. And why should we have all the fun? Let's get the listeners on board. That'll be next on Get This. That's Stephen Tyler and Santana here at Get This on Triple M, where Kevin Smith, filmmaker, is with us. And, uh, yes, so much to talk about here. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to get through it all in this hour. Nope. We could talk about your fine website. Gee, you've got a... Were you one of the first people to just go nuts on there? I do spend an inordinate amount of time on the web. I fi figured out that I do spend about a third of the waking day online. And we started <laughs> back in, like, late 95, early 96. We just celebrated 10 years of that website. Yeah. So, yeah, back in the day, it was me and Peter Jackson. Right. We're the only two filmmakers kind of out there. Right. And then uh, slowly people, you know, more people figured out a way to use it as a marketing tool and whatnot. Movie poop shoot. Mm -hmm. That is such a great site to go to. What's happened to the bloke who does the DVD reviews called DK Home? Where's he? he hasn't updated for months. Yeah, he hasn't updated for some time. After or Slightly before Clerks 2 came out, we changed the name of Movie Poop Shoot to QuickStopEntertainment.com just because for years we took so much heat for Movie Poop Shoot. Like, it was tough to get one of your journalists in on a junket because they were like, where are you from? And they're like, Movie Poop Shoot. I you put know. out an album called Poop Shoot with it, Mick Malloy and we're still paying for that. <laughs> it's but it had a beautiful, classy cover. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's that. We could be certainly talking about your comic book work. Mm. Did you write a few issues of The Green Arrow? I did. I wrote, uh, God, what I work on it for eight, maybe 12, 12 I was a big, issues. a big fan of the Green Arrow mm. when I was a kid. Dude that shoots arrows, that's a, that's a superpower. He's really good at archery. Yeah, well, see, I was a DC Comics. I know it's Me cooler too. to be the Marvel Comics kind of fan. I was always a DC guy myself. And there was the Justice League of America. I always felt sorry for the guys who had to be carried everywhere, you know, like Batman. Right. Some of them could fly if they right. had to go to an emergency yeah, on the side of the world. Cool. And they're like, Batman, you get in Wonder Woman's invisible jet. <laughs> and, and the Green Arrow, he was unable to fly. Yeah, he I was remember. one of those dudes they had to carry. He was luggage. Yeah. More than anything else, <laughs> and they only need, the heat came in handy when they needed him to shoot like a boxing glove arrow <laughs> across the room to trip a button or something like that. But they did great stories with him in, in the the seventies, where like he had uh, you know his his sidekick was Speedy, oh, the yeah. guy in the red who was right. also an archer, and he got hooked on heroin at one point. And, like, Green Speed. Arrow discovered it and had to, like, knock him off heroin. It was kind of an yeah. interesting storyline. Something that happens in, in most of your films, certainly in Clerks too, is people have discussions, uh, kind of like discussions that people have in real life mm -hmm. about movie issues. A lot of talk about Lord of the Rings and George Lucas. Right. Uh, did you used to even... I remember as a kid having... Even like at about six or seven years old, having discussions about superheroes, mm -hmm. things like, "Well, hang on, if if Superman's costume 
is like impervious to all bullets, mm -hmm. how did his mum like sew it oh, from the blankets <laughs> into a costume? Like, did she have a needle made of kryptonite? Right. Like, we could spend days totally. having discussions like that. And I made a career out of it, you know? <laughs> it was the kind of thing like your parents would be like, grow up about. And then like one day I made a career of it. You know, it's, Marvel kind of did away with that very quickly just by saying like all the costumes are made from unstable molecules. <laughs> there you go. It was like that pseudoscience where people were like, well, I guess it's unstable molecules. I, of course, it makes sense. It was like on, on the Batman TV series when you were a kid, you're going, well, they go down the poles and then they're in the costumes at the bottom. What kind of, what's happening <laughs> on the way down? Yeah. And then there was one episode of Batman where the Joker got into the Batcave and got onto the Bat poles and was ah. going up and down and they had a downward looking shot from right. up in the study. And you're going, there's nothing. It's just poles all the way down. <laughs> right, there's right. no mechanical arms putting the costumes on. Right. They descend. That was Breaking important. Open. You blew the lid off the Batman yeah. TV show right there. <laughs> and then later on, you discover women. <laughs> but uh, why should we have all the fun, Ed? No. Let's throw open the I'll calls at random <laughs> and let people talk to Kevin Smith and us. Speaking to Melbourne and, and the rest of... And Melbourne rest, or Melbourne? You've got Melbourne, you've got Brisbane, you've got Adelaide, you've got Sydney. What have they got to say, Ed Cavalier? Excellent work. Uh, good morning, Dan. Good morning, guys. How are you going? Uh, excellent, mate. Excellent. You have a question for, uh, for Kevin? Oh, I certainly do. Kevin, just wanted to say, uh, great to have you on Oz. Uh, love your work. Thank you, sir. Um, we all know that you're a massive Star Wars fan. Now, the rumours have uh, been going around that obviously with the uh, the Star Wars series may be shot into a into a, like a television sort of feature. Right. And that uh, you're rumoured to maybe direct uh, the episodes. Yeah, I read that as online as well. Um, <laughs> no truth to it whatsoever, but initially when I read it, uh, there were reports that I was going to be involved with this uh, Star Wars TV show. Yeah. And normally I kind of get out there on the web and just go like, ah, there's no truth to that whatsoever. This time around I was like, I'm I'm not going to say yes and I'm not going to say no and I just want to see how far it goes. Right. So I went out there and I was just like, uh, it's nothing I'm I'm free to talk about. <laughs> okay. And in parentheses I wrote, whistles the Emperor's theme. So <laughs> everybody was like, oh my God, it's a secret project he's working on it, blah, blah, blah. And it went on for a good year wow. of people going like, and then I would read reports online of like, I've been inside Lucasfilm. I've seen the script for Kevin's episode. I've spoken to Mark Hamill, who's in Kevin's episode. Oh, wow. It was very strange. And then the, the, the height of it, though, was, um, you know, I was just doing the non-denial denial. And George Lucas was interviewed by somebody. And they're like, is Kevin Smith really working on the TV show? And he said, uh, you know, I'm really not free to talk about it right now. <laughs> so I was like, George Lucas is doing the same thing I am. We're both sitting around, like, pretending that that it might happen, but it wasn't true. And then finally I came out and said, nah, they, they never asked. They did ask me recently if I wanted to write an episode of their... They're doing two shows. One's live action and one is, a like, a CG cartoon. Right. And they asked me if I wanted to work on the CG cartoon, but... That's ah, just a, a sandbox you don't want to play in. You don't want to be the guy that, that messes up the Star Wars universe. Let, let George Lucas be yeah, that guy. Let him do He's doing a good enough <laughs> exactly. job. Exactly. He needs own. no help from me. <laughs> Who else have we uh, thank got Thank you, here? Daniel. Hello, Brad. Hi, how are you going? Excellent, sir. You have a question for Kevin? Yeah, I certainly do. Um, in Clerks, there's a a uh, a girl there who performs certain acts 37 times. Right. And this started the whole thing with me and my friends about the yeah. number 37. Right on. And if you actually watch movies, uh, the most common occurring number where they just pull a number from the hat that's not important to the story is 37. Yeah, that's strange. But since wow. it all started with you guys, I was wondering if there's any reason why the number 37. I don't know. You know, there was no... It was just a poll where I, I had to come up with a number that seemed high but not ridiculously high. Yeah. Because saying like 10 or 12, people go like, well, you got to practice. 
But by the time you get to the 37, the most most respectable people are like, damn, that's high. Yeah, whereas if you go up to like 50, that's just slutty, right. frankly. Or if you said like 100 people, like that could never happen. <laughs> uh, thanks, Brad. Hello, Sarah. G'day, guys. How you doing? I mean, we're excellent. Thank you. Your question for Kevin? Um, oh, first of all, can I just say you've made my day. I love you, Kevin Smith. Oh, thank you so much. Um, anyway, I was just calling... Um, George Clooney once said that um, uh, the amount of fun they had on the set of making a movie, if that was the way that they were decided how good they were, then Cannonball Run 2 must have been like the best <laughs> film ever made. Right. Um, I was just wondering which one of your films you had the most fun on. Uh, the most fun to make, I think, hands down, was Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, every Excellent. day was just a party, and the only two constants in the movie cast-wise were me and Muse. Every day you had a revolving... Yeah. You know, a series of cameos or actors that would come in and come out. So you never had a chance to grow tired of anybody. Right. Like where you were, oh, I've been working with this dude for 30 days now. Like they would kind of come in and go out. It was just a really, really good time across the boards. And what was the least fun one to do? <laughs> Probably Jersey Girl. Okay. And, and not by virtue of the fact that like we all knew we were making something that people weren't going to like or something. It was just... It was a different vibe. I like to kind of have, have a very laid back, let's put on a show yep. kind of affair, like the little rascals when they would, yes. you know, hold a show in the backyard and pay as you exit, that kind of thing. And, and Jersey Girl was just, you know, once Ben and Jen, Ben, you know, even when Ben became famous, very famous, he was in our stuff and very easy to work mm. with and a great guy and I knew him when and dot, dot, dot. But um, you add Jennifer to the mix, and there was just this walking on eggshells air oh, to, around around her. And whether or not she uh, kind of promotes it or it just kind of happens because she's who she is, it just felt like there was this, uh, like an outsider. Right, sort of infects the atmosphere. It does, it does. It really kind of infects the atmosphere for everybody else. And, and it's strange because it's not like, you know, no new people. Like, we've added a new person to the mix, and suddenly everything's gone foul because... Rosario is fantastic and yeah. moving great to work with and, and Clerks too but Jennifer and Jersey Girl was just a strange mix so you had George Carlin that must have been good that, that's always good but Carlin is that most people think that he, you know he sits around and, and is the George Carlin we all know right, right, right. and he's he's not like he does, he's not one of these comedians that feels the need to always be on and make you laugh like no. he's actually one of the most um, committed and serious performers I've ever met in terms of, of acting like he came up to me at one point and he's like, you know, uh, his character, Bart, in the movie is always kind of giving crap to this uh, friend of his named Greeny in the flick that Stephen Root played. And he's like, I just want you to know, I came up with a backstory for why Bart is always giving Greeny crap. And, like, I wrote it down and I committed it to memory and I've thrown it out of my head and I've torn it up. So just know that I I've got motivation for that. And I looked at Affleck. I'm like, how come you've never been that serious? <laughs> right. Been, you know, been shown like, up by George totally. Carlin. George Carlin's put more thought into this than you. <laughs> George Carlin, I think, I'll never get the wording of it right, but he came up with the best description for being a comedian, which is just thinking up goofy shit right. or pointing out things that you forgot to laugh at the first time around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Occupation go. fool. Occupation fool. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Hello, Chris. Good evening, boys. How you doing? Excellent, sir. You have a question for Kevin? Uh, just firstly, congratulations on Clerks 12. I've had a sneak peek and it is brilliant. Thank you, yeah. sir. There Thank you. you. Um, just wanted to know, big Jason Lee fan, and I just want to know how you come across him at the uh, start to, uh, to roll the casting in the, in the role. Boy, the temptation to answer the come across question <laughs> in, in a really nefarious way. Um, the, the, uh, where I met him was in, um, uh, when we were rehearsing, uh, auditioning rather on Mallrats. He was just one of the people that came through, one of the many actors. And um, we kind of fell in love with him because unlike the actors that came in with any pretense, he had never acted before. He was just right. coming off of his professional career as a skateboarder. 
Like really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He, he yeah. retired. He like he was talking about like you know I just retired from my other career, and you know the dude's like twenty two, and you're like, what did you retire from? <laughs> and he's like, I was a professional skateboarder, and he used to earn as a skateboarder. He did it for nine years, and he decided like he wanted to try acting instead. And he just had zero pretense about uh, about him, and we just kind of fell in love with him, and we kept bringing him back for auditions. Like you know, after he came in and, he, and would read. He'd leave, and then the, the the casting director would be like, what do you think? And I was like, I don't think we have a thing for him to do in the movie, but we like him. Just bring him back. Right. And after multiple times, finally, we, we, we decided, like, no, he, he actually would be pretty good in the flick. I noticed that in Clerks 2, uh, he's got the My Name is Ill moustache yeah, on, and I'm totally. assuming you just cannot get rid of that. No, he showed up, and, and you know, he was he's doing five-day weeks on that show, and uh, he showed up to shoot our thing on a Saturday. It was really nice for him to make the time. But they put him through a wardrobe and they bring him over to me to kind of approve, you know, his look. And he's like, what do you think? And I was like, you know, it's all good, but we got to take the mustache off. This part doesn't call for a mustache. And he's like, I, I can't take the mustache off. The mustache is magic. The mustache is how I earn. Mustaches, that's me at this point. I was like, dude, I'm just kidding. Leave the mustache. He's going to be wearing that tash for about six or seven years. Oh, he, he is the new Tom Selleck in terms of like... <laughs> That that mustache is him forever. Kevin, we had so many people queued up to talk to you. Yes. And oh. we could obviously go on for a couple more hours here easily. And, and also our Melbourne uh, calls that just got through, thank you very much. They're going to get double passes to the Asta tonight, mm. uh, Asta Cinema. Clerks 2 is showing in a Q&A with Kevin. Completely oh, sold out. Fantastic. Tickets going on eBay. Yeah, we just we did one in, in Sydney uh, the other day, and it was like at this 2,000-seater, and it was packed. And it's such a, a really great way to watch that movie with people that, yeah. Of those movies. Mm. Like, it's one thing to go to the movies and you sit there and watch it with an audience where some people know everything about the movies you made and some people are just there because they hear, hear it's okay or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. To see it with a group of hardcore fans. Oh, that must be great. Oh, it's so infectious. Like, I've seen the movie a number of times. I've written the movie. I've lived with it for a long time. And after a while, you become inured to the laughs yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Sitting there with that audience, I was like, this is a pretty funny movie. You know? <laughs> Sitting there with an audience, many of whom I'm guessing were dressed exactly like me. There were a lot of cats out there that look like me, yeah. <laughs> Kevin, it's been such a treat having you come in. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Clerks 2 is coming to a cinema near mm. you. You have to go and see it. And why not go and rent Clerks 1? Yeah, good idea. And get back into the universe. Good and blood-sucking freaks while and you're there. Blood-sucking <laughs> freaks. And, frankly, anything with Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and thanks to everyone who called in. Apologies to people who <laughs> yes, didn't sorry, uh, get on. Our Well, our key phrase today, Ed, was just uh, welcome aboard Kevin Smith. That'll do. <laughs> Actually, I think it was something from Bloodsucking Freaks, but I've been told not to repeat it. We'll be back on Monday with who? Somebody. A mystery guest. All thanks to the Mercedes-Benz Voto.